When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Diligence is a story about a young black boy, Lamont and his rise from poverty to prosperity. His story reveals how his father saved him from the generational cycle and trap of poverty by the desperate pursuit of worthless materialistic possessions, like expensive tennis shoes. Instead, his father teaches him how to start investing $100 a month from his tennis shoe budget at 13 years of age, leading him to become a multimillionaire by the age of 35. Diligence highlights the importance of a father's presence and guidance in a young boy's life regarding breaking the cycle of poverty and building generational wealth and prosperity. Diligence is the key to rising from poverty to prosperity in life. The author of Diligence is Derek White. He is also an entrepreneur with several years of experience working in the banking industry. White is an avid fan of the financial markets who is constantly learning from his research to empower others to budget and invest their income wisely. He ventured into writing when he recognized the school's lack of valuable financial knowledge. This led him to write for young adults on the power of being diligent in anything they are pursuing to achieve incredible outcomes, such as building generational wealth. We are honored to have him with us on today's episode. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So Derek White, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well, Ramsey. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, brother. I've been looking forward to talking to you both. Uh, Chris and I have been looking forward to this conversation. So um, before we get started, we like to paint a picture for our listeners um, and talk a little bit about your background. So we talked about it a bit, but why not tell us a bit about sort of what led you to banking and what inspired your passions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've always had a passion with working with, with numbers ever since I was a I was a child, you know, I've math has always been my favorite subject. And, you know, I've I've also had, you know, before I got into banking, I was working in, in retail okay. and to. You know, with with, with my customer service background and, and my love for numbers, I wanted to like I, I felt that my purpose was 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 working in the banking industry where I get to deal with people directly and, you know, crunch, crunch numbers, which is a passion of mine. Sure. 
So talk to me about uh, diligence. What, what inspired the story of diligence? Great question. Well, I've gotten my inspiration from several different areas. Uh, it, it started off with me watching a, a YouTube video mm-hmm. where I came across this, this guy named Larry Jones. He has his own YouTube channel called Stock Up with, with Larry Jones. Mm-hmm. And he was he was speaking on this particular investment that had a very high rate of of return. And I was thinking to myself as I was watching this video, it would have been nice if I had this information when I was in school, you know, if I was learning this sort of thing. Sure. And because I'm coming across this video now, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, I thought it would be nice if I if I gave back by writing for young adults and teenagers the, uh, about the power of, of investing when you begin at a young age yeah, yeah. And, and what happens when you consistently, you know, put a little bit of money away from a young age and you do it over time so that you could obtain financial freedom at a fairly young age. Now, as far as the title diligence, I've gotten that title from studying the book of Proverbs okay. from the, from the Bible. The, uh, the author of, of the book of Proverbs is King Solomon, and he's arguably the, the, wealthiest, the wealthiest person to ever walk the face of the earth. And he was expressing throughout the book of Proverbs the, 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 um, about the power of, of being diligent and, and how, and how when, you, when you express diligence, you know, that, that skill set, you can achieve incredible outcomes such as building generational wealth. Mm. And in fact, uh, just, by, just by reading this, this one particular uh, verse from, from, from the book of Proverbs, it says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Mm. So I wanted to teach the younger generation the meaning of, of diligence, which by the way, the definition of diligence is careful and persistent work and effort. So if you if you if you develop that habit at a young age, you can absolutely go far in life at, at a relatively young age. I love that. I love that. And I, I think to your point, um, and you're going to have to help me flesh this out. But there is a uh, a a plan of action to where if you. I guess if you save your money in a certain way that by the time I believe the number is 35, by the time you're 35 years of age, you'll have a million dollars. Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Now I don't, I don't want to say that you absolutely will have a million dollars, but you, you could, I mean, when, when it comes to investing, there's never such there's, there's, there's no such thing as a, as a sure thing. That's Mm -hmm. why it's called investing, but the odds are in your favor. If you start at a young age, and you and you and you work your way up to that. If you start around around the age of thirteen, and you're consistent with it until you're around the age of thirty-five, so we're talking about a twenty-year gap where you're consistently putting your money away. Even even if you don't earn a million dollars by the time you're thirty-five years old, maybe you could earn, maybe you could have. Um, several hundred thousand dollars, you know, maybe you could have 800,000, 900,000, you know, which is a lot more than what the typical or, or the, the average 35 year old would have because they didn't practice that, that skill set of being diligent from a young age. And I'd imagine that having that level of discipline, um, and having a plan in place 
and also having arrived at age 35 with that amount of money, um, you can really put together a plan of maybe investing and growing that uh, in a more significant way at that point in your life. So, yeah, I, I see what you, I see your point about kind of setting yourself up for the long haul uh, and developing those 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 habits at a young age. Absolutely. And and of course, one would learn that habit from having from having the right mindset, mm-hmm. which which always helps when you have a good role model. Sure. Like in in my main character's case, Lamont, he was fortunate enough to have his father, which cultivated that in him to not spend his extra income or, or his extra earnings on expensive sneakers, like on, on the new on the newest pair of Jordans, but to set aside that money and plan for his future. Right. That was actually going to be uh, my next question, because I noticed in the book that um, there's a combination of really two main themes, uh, and that's the influence of a father on his son, coupled with the importance of teaching financial literacy and financial strategies early on. So I'm glad to hear uh, you kind of touch on the um, the influence of a father and, and a, sort of a role model um, giving you this instruction. So I, I would imagine the book is for not just for young people, but for parents as well. Absolutely. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to limit my book to, to just, you know, uh, teenagers and, and preteens. Uh, this book was actually targeted and meant for, for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted everyone to be able to, to learn from my book, I love you know, it. between, between the young generation and, and, um, and, and parents as well. So let's discuss how Lamont's story is going to fill in the gaps left by traditional education avenues. Like a lot of folks don't know what, you know, they're not as engaged in their children's day-to-day education. Um, and so let, let's speak on that a bit um, and how this book will help kind of, of course. prepare of course. children. Well, I've always found that that the uh, the school systems, they only they only teach you so much like the schools have a curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, so so that the schools are only, um, you know, legally responsible to teach, you know, um, only a certain amount of, of knowledge to, mm-hmm. to our to our children. Sure. But when it comes to our finances, because the schools aren't doing it, it's the parents responsibilities to teach the children about money management and, and the, the, the power of saving and, and budgeting their money. Now, the influence of, 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 a, of a father that they should have on their, on their son, I'm going to speak from a, from a biblical perspective because okay. it's important to understand our purpose as, as men, mm-hmm. as, a, as a whole. You know, God, God intended for us to be leaders, mm-hmm. teachers, providers, and protectors as men. And so if we want if we want to to do better as a as a black community, it has to start with the family. Mm-hmm. It has to start at, at home. And the foundation of a strong family would be a strong father. Sure. sure. Right. So now how could how could a strong father be the way he is if he didn't if he didn't have those seeds planted in himself as a boy? We like it has to start with with the boy. Mm. We we need to we need to build strong boys into strong men. 
which is why I wanted to to write this book about about a father influencing his young son so that he could keep that so that the young son, when he becomes older, that he could keep that cycle going, Mm. you know, that he could build generational wealth and continue that that same cycle for his son. And he could and he could repeat that for the next generation. So so because we didn't we don't get this kind of information in the schools, it's up to a strong father to teach that and relay that knowledge on his son. I love that. Um, I want to add something to it. So one of the things that that we know here is Mm -hmm. that uh, black men have fought long and hard against a very pervasive and dangerous myth that we are not engaged with our children, right? Um, There's a popular um, myth on with conservatives and and even with you know uh, liberals in this country, it's just a myth that exists, and it it it, it stems all the way back to I believe the '40s, and that it was actually a democratic um, case study on black wealth that kind of yielded this bogus information that suggested that black men were not uh, present in the homes, which just wasn't true. It was a function of whether or not we could get support and benefits at a time after, you know, redlining had robbed us of a tremendous amount of wealth. And so we were doing our best to make things happen. And so uh, marriage rates didn't necessarily reflect our levels of engagement with our families. And then that was taken by the right and popularized and black men were suggested to be um, absentee fathers. And again, that myth still holds largely today. Um, And in 2014, the CDC definitively debunked that myth by showing that not only were Black men very much present in the home and in raising our children, but we were doing better than every other race. Um, That's not to say that there aren't Black men who abandoned, but it's not disproportionately Black. It happens in every culture and every race. Um, There are men who do not raise their children. And a lot of the things that happen in the black community can be pointed to systemic issues, not the least of which is the uh, criminal justice system. Um, However, that is not to say that we have had the experience with wealth, the longstanding relationship with wealth that our Caucasian brothers and sisters have had. And so speaking to your point, I really appreciate the model that you have in place in that it's laying the responsibility squarely in the black father's lap to lead his household and to educate his children. And if you have not gotten that um, information, that education yourself, that's okay. We understand, but now there's a way to get that information. And uh, the suggestion here is that we can not only get that information for ourselves, but pass it on, develop strategies so that we can either acquire wealth or acquire more wealth. Because even if you have a cousin that went to the league or even if you, you know, whatever the case, and you have access to some opportunities that, you know, many of us don't get, um, having that discipline might be uh, even more imperative at that point. And so um, I appreciate uh, the fact that this model would be uh, useful across every economic station uh, that one might find themselves in in Black life. So again, um, I I just appreciate the book in its entirety. 
Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. And I, uh, you know, I can, I can also appreciate the fact that I'm, I'm able to contribute to bringing more awareness, you know, to our, to our, uh, to our community and, and uh, bringing, bringing a more positive image within, within us to the media. Absolutely. Because, because you, because you and I both know, just like you mentioned that the media has, has, um, the media has, has given us such a negative mm. image and I mm. wanted to help change that with this book. I love it. We're here today with author and entrepreneur Derek White discussing his new book, Diligence, and the importance of teaching financial literacy to our black youth. All right. So keeping in that same uh, vein, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an activist, right? So uh, I'm going to read a statistic to you from the Washington Post. Try to paint a picture here. All right, it goes, white families have the highest level of median and mean family wealth, $188,200. That's for black people, $188,000. And $983,400. That's for white people. According to the 2019 Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, looking at expenditures Black households spend an average of $639 on footwear. This is as of 2019, compared with $419 for all households. So according to the Labor Department's 2019 Consumer Expenditure Survey, um, Black people spend maybe a third more on footwear. Again, $600 to $400 on average. But the wealth you're looking at, you know, six, $700,000 more in wealth, almost a million dollars versus, you know, 200,000, under 200,000. So really it's over $800,000 gap in wealth. So the $200 might uh, on shoes per year might not really speak to the disparity um, in its entirety. So I suppose, uh, oh, and let me add this as well. When it came to women and girls clothing, black households spend $784 on average compared with a national average of $704. So there's this popular narrative among conservatives, another one, that if black people would just spend less on Jordans, that it would fix this astounding disparity. But there are obviously many systemic issues that factor into black wealth besides saving. Okay. So besides saving and investment strategies, what are some other ways that we can address this wealth gap? That is a great question. Um, I believe the uh, the whole narrative that if black people would spend less on Jordans alone, mm -hmm. that would fix this astounding disparity is a grossly oversimplification of a proposed solution. And what I mean by that exactly is that these statistics here, uh, they, they may be attributed to a lack of knowledge in our in our community mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. um, which is why I wrote this book, which is why I wrote Diligence. Mm -hmm. um, my book reinforces the importance of not spending more than what you have or not spending more than what you earn. Mm. And these statistics may be a representative of the current socioeconomic climate in our culture. But of course, with knowledge and, and sound information, we can absolutely change this for the better and make a difference. Sure, sure. So there's going to be some people who will say, listen, I, it's cultural, you know, uh, Hispanic people have their cultures, plural, 
Um, there's different cultures of white folks. There's Irish people, there's, you know, Italian people and so forth. Um, black people, part of our culture is we like to look good. We like to, you know, fashion, not, not different from, you know, French folks. Right. So for those folks, how would you suggest that we develop a, a, a new mindset or how, how would you suggest we strike a balance between sort of enjoying today, but also planning for tomorrow? Well, I do agree that it is, you know, generally speaking, it is, it is a part of our culture. Uh, it is a part of our, um, our culture as, as African-Americans to want to, to want to look good. You know, we want to, we want to wear, you know, the, the hottest, the hottest sneakers that came out. We want to, we want to wear the, you know, the, uh, the clothes that, you know, that supposedly make the man, if you will. Mm-hmm. But as a fo- as opposed to planning ahead for the future and as opposed to, you know, enjoying today and, and planning for tomorrow, I would ask that person, what's wrong with creating a budget? You know, like mm-hmm. as like I, I believe that people need to create budgets so that they can clearly see how much they're earning and how much they spend on, on an average month. Yeah. You know, so, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with, with, uh, with treating yourself Mm -hmm. and, and, um, enjoying yourself, you know, to the extent of, you know, wanting to look good when you go out, you know, but at the same time, you want to be smart with, with your money, you know, you want to, you want to plan, you know, you want, you want to create that, that budget that shows, Okay, how much money am I bringing in, and how much do I spend out of what I what I out of what I earn? So as long as as long as you can afford it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying today. But at, at the same time, you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in debt over it, which I think is another issue in our in our community. We tend to we tend to splurge and enjoy today without considering how that's affecting our pockets and how that's putting a hole in what we bring in on sure. a monthly basis. Sure. Sure. I, I, I listening to you say that I, I've started to realize that maybe at some point in my life, if I had had a budget, had written down what I was making versus what I was spending, I might've <laughs> made a, a couple of more uh, in measured decisions. We'll, we'll call them measured decisions. So um, absolutely. That's, that's very insightful. So um, my next question, how about this? What outcomes do you hope to see within the black community as a result of writing this book? Well, I personally would love to see more, more young black millionaires. Mm. You know, I want to, I want my book to help inspire more people to, to want to uh, be, be more, be more wise Mm -hmm. with their, with their income, you know, you use wisdom, you know, um, if, if, if they're going to, if they're going to, spend their money on on the hottest new jordans that came out i also want to if again if they can afford to i I also want them to take some of that shoe money to invest like if you're going to invest in jordans why not invest in the company that that made them like nike why not buy their stock so i want i want our youth to think like that you know i want us to be not just consumers but investors and I want that to lead to us potentially being millionaires down the road and not having to wait until we're in our 50s and 60s to get there. I want, I want us to be able to get there 
at a much younger age, you know, preferably if, if, if people can get there in their twenties, that's great. But also in their, in their thirties, which I believe is still a fairly young decade to be in. Like I want to, I want us to see, I want to see more, more people experience generational wealth at a much younger age as a result of reading my book and getting that inspiration from it. I love it. Well, um, let's do this. Let's plug the book. Where can folks uh, pick it up and uh, make sure that we make that connection for our listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, first off, I want to I want to thank you for, uh, for taking this time to, to speak with me today. Thank you. Um, again, my name is Derek White and my book is Diligence. The subtitle is From Poverty to Prosperity. So that is Diligence. From Poverty to Prosperity. It is available on Amazon as a hard copy as well as as an ebook. So you can also download it on your Amazon Kindle. And for for social media, my my Instagram is author underscore Derek underscore white. And I'm also active on Facebook under under my name, Derek White. I love it. All right. Well, thank you very much for your insight today. Uh, Once again, our guest is entrepreneur and author of the new book, Diligence, Derek White. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. Many things have contributed to the racial wealth gap in this country. When factoring in disparate pay rates, housing discrimination, gerrymandering and the disenfranchisement of the black vote, redlining, the effects of the war on drugs, environmental racism, historic and modern day domestic terrorism, policing, and the entirety of the criminal justice system, and even the historic disbursement of the GI Bill. It's easy to see that our problems have been rather exacerbated beyond the reach of slavery alone. However, it is up to us to fight back on all these battlefronts. But perhaps most importantly, we need to empower the next generation to be fiscally responsible and diligence is the starting point that our children need. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, 
or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.